Good morning. Greetings to each one in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Appreciated the things that we've been taught, things we've been considering this morning. Thank you for all the input that each one of you have given so far. So this morning I'm back in the book of 1 John, and you're welcome to turn there. We are in chapter 2. The text today is verses 15 through verse 17. Maybe before we uh, read that, we could pray, and if you're able, again, stand to your feet, and we'll pray together. Heavenly Father, again, we are grateful this morning for the freedom and opportunity we have to gather, and uh, as believers in the Lord Jesus, Father, to allow our hearts the privilege of feasting in the word, allow our hearts the privilege of being challenged in the scriptures, in your will for our lives. Father, we pray this morning that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done, that we would understand your will, we would live in your will, we would um, walk in your will day by day, and Father, that today's service could be a a part of continuing to cement in our hearts and minds uh, your will in this present world where you have left us to carry on, to represent your kingdom. Father, bless, bless this assembly, bless each one present, bless each one of us in, our, in, our, in the part that we play in uh, life the community that we live in, the people that our lives are surrounded with, that we would truly be a shining light for Jesus. Bless us to that end today, Father. Continue to lead us in that. Bless this service, I pray. Give me freedom in my thoughts to share uh, Help me to share only that which is according to your word and will. And Lord, bring even to mind as I, as I, as we look at the various scriptures, as we, as we uh, endeavor to open up uh, this portion of scripture here in First John. Pray that uh, the Spirit would give understanding and utterance. And Father, as we were exhorted in the uh, uh, devotional that it wouldn't just be something we believe, but something that we actually live out in, and something, principles and truths that guide our lives in day-by-day living. So Father, bless us. Keep us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So, uh, 1 John... Chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but... He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Always been kind of a favorite scripture of mine over the years. One that uh, it just—I guess it's a little like John writes. He—he he is just forthright. He doesn't. You're not wondering what he was saying. Um, maybe you wonder how to 
work it all out, but you're not wondering what he was saying. He's he's forthright. And, uh, yeah, one that I have, uh, a scripture that I appreciated. I've simply titled today's message, Relating to This Present World. There are numerous scriptures that speak to the subject, and Jesus himself spoke to the subject, and uh, I think we'll we'll go to ver- uh, the Gospel of John chapter 17 and, and read some of what Jesus had to say about this world before we actually start to uh, open open things up. So, let's go to the Gospel of John chapter 17. And I'm going to simply break in at verse 11. There is uh, even more in this context. Or, yeah, in this scripture that uh, speaks to the subject. But uh, we'll break in in verse 11 and read through verse 18. And this is the the prayer that Jesus prayed. Uh, just... John 17, verse 1, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, and he goes on, uh, gives this uh, prayer to God. And so what we're reading is part of his prayer, and it gives us context, uh, helps us understand a lot of things, really. So let's read. And now... In verse 11, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was in, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. The, those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. They are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world even so have I also sent them into the world. I think I'll stop there. There is more we could have read. but So maybe I could illustrate a little bit what, uh, what we're seeing here. So we could maybe start out with a circle, which uh, you don't have to be a real good artist to draw the world, do you? You just draw a circle, right? <laughs> uh, so we'll draw a circle, which is to represent the world. Uh, and Jesus says that um, says several different things here. In one place, he says they are not of the world. Even verse sixteen, even as I am not of the world. And in verse 18, he says, even so have I also sent them into the world. Uh, verse 11, he says, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. Um, uh, verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. So that's, that is actually really the verse that uh, I was looking for mostly. So 
uh, we have the world, and uh, we are in that world. Like Jesus said, he sent us into the world. He, uh, he didn't ask that we would be taken out of the world, but that we would be kept while we are in the world. So, uh, that's where we find ourselves. We are, um, we are in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. Uh, we are in a, obviously we are in a, uh, if we look at that one verse there about, uh, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. That gives us an indication that this, uh, this environment that we are in is not necessarily a Garden of Eden environment. Actually, it's something quite different. And we will talk about some of that, I think, as we go. Several other verses that uh, speak about the world, and uh, maybe we'll just read them in the beginning here, and then later maybe refer back to them some. So we have John fifteen nineteen, where Jesus says to his disciples, If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, Therefore, the world hateth you. And we have scriptures like uh, Romans twelve two: Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So while we are in the world, we are instructed to not be conformed to the world. Then we have the words of James in, in James 4.4 4, where he says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So we are warned about um, while we are in the world to not be friends of the world. And, and we'll... We would, maybe we should dis, uh, define a little bit what we're talking about when we were talking about the world. Uh, uh, let me use a different color for that. So we have the Christian living in the world. <clears throat> so, what is, uh, let's define that word world a bit. So the Greek word is cosmos, used a lot in scripture. And one of the places that it's used is actually in, uh, and I'm kind of going to a different definition here, and we'll come back to the one that uh, actually applies to here, but in in John 3.16, when, God, when uh, Scripture says that God so loved the world, it actually uses uh, the same word, cosmos, uh, as it uses in, in all these other contexts where we basically, uh, where we read about the world. Um, however, uh, John 3.16 specifically, uh, the context tells us what God is talking about there. He says... Uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. So that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that's, that verse itself defines what is meant when it uses the word world. In that particular context, what was being spoken of is actually the human beings in the world. God so loved the human beings in the world that he sent his only begotten son that every one of those human beings who believes in him need not perish but have everlasting life. 
That's what is meant in John 3.16 when it talks about the world. Uh, all these people, we could put uh, uh, dots of all the human beings. What we're talking, what the, uh, what the scripture is talking about when it talks about love not the world, when it talks about he that is a friend of the world, when it talks about being in the world but not of the world, it's talking about something a bit, uh, just a bit different. While it involves the peoples of the world, it's not specifically focusing on the individual people. And we will try to uh, understand that as we go here. When we, when we think about how we're using the word world today, uh, theirs has a definition it's a it's a it's a uh, it doesn't completely express where i'm where i'm uh, the the whole of what i'm uh, thinking about as i think about it in the message here today but it does actually really give a good uh, definition uh and obviously there like i said there's various different definitions as the word is used in scripture. But in the context that we're thinking about today, uh, love not the world, Thayer says it this way, world affairs or the aggregate of things earthly, the aggregate meaning the sum total, you just put everything together, all the things that are earthly. Uh, and then it goes on to, to further define it like this. The whole circle of earthly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, pleasures, etc., which, although hollow and frail and fleeting, stir desire, seduce from God, and are obstacles to the cause of Christ. It's a big definition. But I think maybe I'll read it again. So the whole circle of earthly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, and pleasure, pleasures. So everything basically that is out there. Which although hollow, frail, and fleeting. We know that. The lusts, uh, how does John say it? Um, the world passes away and the lust thereof. They're frail and they're fleeting. They pass away. They will pass away. However, though that is true, they stir desire. They seduce from God and they are obstacles to the cause of Christ. So, that's a definition that's pretty uh, uh, thought-provoking. I think we'll... And why I said it, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't exactly um, encompass what uh, my message, uh, what the, the the burden or the direction that I'm thinking this morning, but it does give us a uh, a uh, good thought-provoking uh, description of the world. Um, I once heard again. Let's. We're still thinking about defining what is the world. I, I, I heard a message recently by uh, another a brother, and he uh, defined uh, the world and its systems, its systems of uh, um, government, uh, its systems of education, its systems of its financials. You know, just had a whole list, probably almost a dozen of different systems of the world that uh but I'm not going down that road either but uh, just trying to think about what this when we're talking about the world what uh, what 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 is it actually what are we actually talking about um let's let's go back to the book of first john and spend a little more time thinking about what for, uh, john has to say there
So John describes, he says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then he goes on and gives his definition. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So, the, the, um, these three things that are listed here, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, have sometimes been given these words of definition. They are passions, possessions, and positions. <laughs> um, and they, they fit. Basically, uh, bodily desires, fleshly desires, accumulation of things, and being popular. That's what uh, the world is generally made up of, the uh, environment of the world. Maybe that would help us if we would think about the environment of the world. So let's, uh, you know, what is the world? You know, there's... uh, well, no, I'm, I'm going to stay on track here. Um, so we have, like I said, uh, we have passions, possessions, and positions. Let's think about these things just a little bit. Um, so think about uh, passions, you know, uh, bodily desires, you know, we can start on a safe one. That's your appetites for food. That's that's a passion. That's a that's a a bodily desire that every one of us have. Uh, we have uh, in that lineup. We have the we're male and female, and along with that come desires uh, unique to each one, whether gender we are. Accumulation of things, you know, possessions. We have things. We have, all of us came probably in some kind of a vehicle. We all have some kind of a house probably back where where we came from. Uh, We have things. We have uh, quite a bit actually. We have... uh, there are positions, you know, tomorrow morning, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, passions, possessions, and positions. Uh, just uh, thinking about how these things are a part of our life. Uh, they're a part of this world, but they're a part of our life. They're a part of what make up the world, and eventually we want to figure out how does this relate to us as Christians. So we have positions, you know, tomorrow morning there's probably going to be about a half a dozen of us men standing around in a shop in a circle at six o'clock and we're going to get, we're going to probably uh, give answer to the last workday's uh, jobs and how things went and where things are at and then we're going to get instruction for the day's work. And we're going to be told where to go and probably uh, we're going to be told what to do and we're going to do it. There's a man in position that's going to tell us what to do. Positions. It's all part of, it's part of our life and a life experience. You know, all these things are part of human experience. Passion, possession, position. Whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, they're actually part of our experience.
These things are actually intended to serve humanity. And they do. Think about it. Food serves humanity. It serves you. If you didn't, simply didn't have any, you would eventually die. Food serves humanity. Uh, think about God's creative design in the male-female gender and, and uh, that, that, that whole, whole reality is intended to serve humanity. Serve the uh, uh, married couple and their, uh, their relationship. It's intended to serve. Intended to... Uh, uh, yeah, not sure how else to say it. Think about the possessions. You know, the uh, we've always needed houses. Uh, I'd hate to be stuck in the middle of January in this climate and not have a house to live in and not have heat in the house and not have uh, protection from the elements. Uh, these things are intended to serve us. I am thankful for vehicles. They serve us. I'm thankful for jo- uh, for uh, that there are uh, men who hold positions that give direction. Um, comes to work. Comes to various things. So these are all part of our experience as human beings. Whether Christian or non-Christian. So... If that's the case, uh, and let me say this, these are all part of our experience, and they are of the world. They're all part of what's going to pass away. So they're of the world. Your need for a car. Your need for food. As I understand it. Not sure if I have perfect understanding in that one. Not sure if we eat. and seems like we'll eat. But anyway. Uh, but think about it. Your need for uh, the, the whole thing of the... Uh, uh, Gender, male, female, that's going to be gone in eternity. Jesus said, they're neither male nor female, won't be given in marriage or any of those kind of things. That's part of here. It's part of now. It serves humanity here and now. Um, Positions. If we're here and now. Yet they're they're uh, they're very much a part of uh, our experience as a Christian. So, when John says, "Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world," um, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The world passes away in the lust thereof, the things thereof. Uh, so I think by now we. Uh, we we recognize, we understand that uh, the place these things have in our lives, they're a part of this life, they serve us in this life, but if we set our heart upon them, we are getting ourselves into trouble. And that's why John says, love not the world, the things of this world. The world passes away. So if these things pass away, what, you know, if it's, what is, what is the answer? What, where, what, what, what should we be, what, what should we be doing? Let's go to Colossians Chapter 
While the scriptures tell us at times what we shouldn't do, it also tells us what we should do. And here we have a beautiful example of that. In Colossians 3, verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth. So there he gives us a clear guidance. Let's see here. So maybe, maybe we could um, illustrate this uh, things above somehow here. That while we are in the world, rather than have our um, love and affection set upon these things that are going to pass away, we are clearly instructed to rather have our heart's love and affection set on the things which are above. It's good I use blue. That takes us up beyond the clouds. So uh, we're, to, we're to have our affections set on the things above. So uh, this scripture is... Uh, is beautiful. It's a. It's a. It's a uh, it, it. One scripture says what we shouldn't do. The other scripture tells us what we should do. So while we are living in this world, and we are uh, we rather than having our affections, our heart and our love set on the things that are going to pass away, we have our affections set on the things that are eternal. And, uh, and we want to, we want to uh, go a little deeper into this whole thing. Uh, the, and, and those differences of whether our uh, affection is here or here. Uh, so, uh, in Colossians here, we have that uh, uh, instruction of seeking the things above, setting our affection on things above. For, and verse 3 then says, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And then he goes on and gives us some instruction of what... Uh, it's still on the positive side and in, in, in not telling us what not to do, but still telling us what to do, but telling us what to do with this in the sense of, he says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Again, uh, those words kind of sum up the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride of life. So mortify those things while you are uh, loving or setting your heart upon the things eternal. You know, the um, when our affections are on the things of the earth, uh, when we love the things of the earth, when we set our heart on these things, and this is actually gets close home, uh, because it has to do with... Um, It has to do with our passions, our possessions, and our positions. And has to do with what our, how our heart is postured. So we, if, if we set our love on these things, on our passions, on our possessions. If we do that, then we have, uh, then we have uh, this. Let me. I'm going to turn to Romans and read a scripture there. Um,
Romans 6.16 says this, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So, remember I said earlier that uh, all of these things, passions, possessions, and positions, while they are a part of our lives as Christians, and they're also a part of the life of the unbeliever, there is a significant, there needs to be a significant difference. And that is, uh, to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are. When our love, when our affection is on these things, and that becomes what we live for, then, rather than it serving us and serving our relationships, we serve it. And we become the servant of it. And it starts to lead us around. And it starts to dictate our moves. And it, it starts to dictate our attitudes. And it starts to dictate who we are as a person. And so there's the significant difference that we want to understand. Um, when we set our love and affection on these things that will pass away, Rather than it serving us as it is intended to by uh, the way the way God designed it, as one scripture says, He has given us richly all things to enjoy. They're intended to serve us, but when we set our love and affection on on those things and live for that, and that becomes our driving motivation, then it no longer serves us. We become the servant of it. It now controls us rather than us controlling it. And, uh, and that the outcome is very different. Very, very different. Uh, going back to, uh, Going back to my scripture in Colossians. Maybe just picking up one here in in Philippians and I'm going to uh, read it in the ESV. When we think about uh, that difference and how and how the outcome is so very different that we were just talking about, Paul, writing to the Philippians, says this: "Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears." walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is from heaven from whom we wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that verse 19 really sets it off. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Their glory is their shame, and they mind earthly things. And that's the outcome of uh, when we love the world, when we set our affections on things below, when we set our hearts on these things, um, and they become the thing that we live for, rather than uh, we have our affection on things above in Christ. And uh, walking with God and loving the Lord. And these things serve us. Serve our relationships. Serve our lives. Serve our families. Serve us as uh, if you're a, a married couple. They serve you. Uh, 
serve the, uh, you know, your vehicle serves your business, serves, the, uh, serves your family to come to church, you know, all those kind of things. But when we, when we shift that focus and when our hearts begin to hone in and love these things, uh, the outcome is very different. And these, these things drive us in. And it's hard to know where uh, those things end in a person's life once, once we allow our hearts to begin to go down that, that road, that, that, that love of things of this world. You know, and while we um, just thinking about positions a little bit, Jesus told the, uh, his disciples in Matthew twenty five twenty eight. He says, "But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister; and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant." even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. And again, I, I deduct from that, while we live in this world and we all recognize that positions are necessary to function, uh, and we appreciate those positions. I trust you do. Um, if you have a good job with a, a good company and there are men in position who, who make that company good and successful, you, you know, we appreciate those positions. We should, because um, that is what makes it all flow. But again, the reality is, or the, the challenge is, whether uh, there's a difference between holding a position and seeking a position. There's a difference between holding a position and desiring or loving a position or wanting the top position or wanting to be the man in charge or wanting to... Uh, rival, rival for position, and all those kind of things. So we, uh, and those are those kind of things are clearly of the world. Uh, we we see those things every in in our in our world all the time. All right. <clears throat> so the world passes away, the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Just jumping ahead in Colossians a little bit to Colossians uh, 3 verse 12. Uh, gives us a little more of the perspective of, of uh, a person who has his affection set on things above. And what you might expect from that person. Uh, we'll read some of it. I don't think we'll read it all. But. In verse 12, it starts off, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is a bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, just jumping down maybe to verse 18, 19, wives, uh, instruction for wives, 19, instructions for husbands, 20, instructions for children, 21, instructions for father, 22, instructions for servants. Uh, all part of the context of what you might expect when a person has his affection set on things above rather than on things of the earth. When a person has their affections on things above, you expect uh, forbearance, forgiveness, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness. Uh, you expect wives who respect and love their husbands and submit to them. You expect husbands to love their wives and uh, not be bitter against them, as the scripture says. Uh, children who respect and love their parents. Fathers who love their children and aren't aren't uh, 
that cultivate good relationships with them and aren't aren't uh, provoking him, frustrating him. Uh, yeah, you expect uh, those are the kind of things that you expect uh, when a person's affections are set on things above. Very different than when the affections are here, and there's struggle for power, and there's driven by passion, and there's uh, love of, of possessions and and pursuing wealth and, and success and all those kind of things. You know, the This 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 context here in Colossians goes on to say that um, in verse twenty four, knowing. Well, let, let me let me uh, pick up in verse twenty three. So we had all those instructions to wives, husbands, children, fathers, servants. Uh, we would in our context we would say employees. Uh, verse twenty three, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So when we think about um, this, this is the kind of uh, reality that will follow us into eternity. Uh, when we do have our affections set on things above and we are uh, walking in the reality of what Colossians 3 here is instructing us. Uh, these those things will follow us into eternity. They won't uh, dissipate and pass away like the world and its lusts do. Uh, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. I don't know what that will all look like, but uh, it uh, it won't just disappear. You know those acts of kindnesses, those. Forbearances, those forgivenesses, those, uh, yeah, all those kinds of things, those, uh, they'll, somehow or another, they'll, uh, they'll uh, follow us and be a part of uh, the blessing of eternity. Like John says there, the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. In Colossians, no, 1 Corinthians uh, 3, 11 to 13, I think this scripture is somewhat familiar to you. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation... Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. You have kind of two different categories there. One of them, uh, the one category is things that are lasting. And the other category is wood, hay, and stubble, things that burn up quickly. Um, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And my understanding of that scripture is that, uh, you know, as Christians, we have our affections set on things above. We go through life endeavoring to walk with God, uh, like we saw earlier in Colossians there, uh, Walk with God, have a heart of mercy, be a kind person to those around us, be a humble person, uh, meek and long-suffering. Uh, those those kind of uh, responses to life and people and circumstances and those right responses are all uh, some of those precious stones, some of that silver, some of that gold, some of that valuables that will endure and be somehow be there to bless us through eternity. But I think probably all of us will admit there will probably be some things that when the heat of Christ gets turned on it, it'll just go... It'll be wood, it'll be hay, it'll be stubble. It'll be things where uh, our motives perhaps weren't pure in what we did. 
perhaps things that we responded wrongly in. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, so uh, coming back to uh, maybe thinking a bit about First John again, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Uh, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. And then maybe kind of wrapping it up with Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, let me turn to that. I'm going to read it in the King James first, and then I might read it. I have it in the ESV here as well. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by renewing by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the ESV reads this way, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. And you know, that's very necessary. You know, like we said, started out, you know, we are uh, Christians. We are in the world. And Jesus' prayer was that uh, we wouldn't be taken out of the world, but that we would be kept from the evil. And we recognize that there are a lot of pressures upon us as a Christian to, uh, to be conformed. Uh, there, there's pressures coming our way to conform in our thinking, in our perspective, in our understanding, in our hearts, uh, to conform to the world. Uh, the the ideas of the world, the uh, concepts of the world. There is a lot of pressure. Um, on every level. Again, we talked about. Uh, uh, we can talk about passions, possessions, and positions. There's there's pressure, uh, and there's temptations, and there's. Uh, It's it's there. It's real. It's um, it's 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 a reality that uh, we all are keenly aware of, and we are exhorted to not uh, to be not be conformed. I like the way the uh, ESV says it there. First of all, let's think about this idea, but to be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And you know, uh, we know what, uh, what renews our minds. That's the word of God. Uh, so, to be transformed rather than to, uh, to be pressed into the mold of the world, we allow our, our lives, our minds, our thoughts, our hearts, our Actions to be transformed by by renewing our minds through the word of God. And that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. And that is, uh, that is the heart of God. And if, if, uh, and that is, uh, that is possible to be done. May I say it that way? That is possible to be, to be done. Uh, God gives us the resources to do that, to be able to live in the world, to be able to discern what is good and right, and to uh, 
to to uh, choose that and and not uh, allow our hearts to be pressed into the world's way of thinking, into the world's way of uh, and when we say the world again, it's it's the general populace. It's the spirit of what's out there. You know, there's there's an atmosphere here in this room this morning. Uh, if you would have walked into uh, some inner cities last night uh, around the, maybe the sidewalks at the movie theater or close by the bar, even glanced in the door of the bar, there would have been a totally different atmosphere. Uh, there would have been an atmosphere of sensuality, an atmosphere of uh, you name it. Uh, if you would walk uh, into Wall Street uh, some morning and uh, everybody's sitting around watching the screens and uh, there's, a, there's another atmosphere. There's, these are atmospheres of the world. And those are the, those are the kinds of things that... Uh, in, in uh, greater or lesser ways, want to encroach upon us as a Christian, want to uh, begin to influence our thinking and begin to influence how we view things. But we are exhorted to not allow that to happen. To uh, While we are in the world and while we are in a world that is driven by lust, driven by their passions, driven by greed, driven by love of things and, and money, driven by the desire for position and running for uh, the top uh, seat and all those kind of things. While we are in a world that is that way, we are, uh, we are uh, marching to the beat of a very different drum. <laughs> a, 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 an analogy that's used sometimes. We're, we're, uh, our affections are not here but here and of course the challenge to keep it that way and that's where I'd like to end the challenge to keep it that way it is a it is a it is a challenge but it's not an impossible challenge there's uh, uh, the resources that we need are available uh, in Christ and uh, we can we can uh, be in the world, but not be of the world. Probably the greater challenge is to, 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 to have the wisdom to discern, you know, uh, when and what, uh, you know, when is my heart beginning to be affected? When, is my, when are my affections turning from uh, things above to things of the earth? Uh, and where is the safe boundary in my heart? And that's... that's uh, that's that's a challenge. It's and uh, probably yeah. If you ask different people, they 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 put the boundary at different places. Uh, but again, it 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 has while it works itself out in our lives, it has a lot to do with uh, the greatest portion is actually the affection of our heart. Um, it shows itself then in how that works out. Uh, but the uh, Dealing with the affection of our heart and we sense that old world and it's things getting a hold of us. We sometimes have to be aggressive in ripping our heart away from that and setting it here uh, in a very purposeful way. All right, I think we will close with that. If you are able, let's kneel together and close with prayer. Father, again, in Jesus' name, we come to you at the close of this service message. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for preserving it to us down through the ages. Thank you for the clear instruction that you inspired John and other writers in days gone by that we could have uh, this truth before our hearts. Lord, again today, as we are in this world, but desire to not be of the world, we ask for your help. We ask for your help to understand what is the world and when our hearts are 
uh, to understand and discern when our hearts are uh, becoming entangled in the in the world in its ways of thinking and processing father give us that discernment and help us to make the choices and decisions that lead us away from uh, love of the world and lead us to setting our affection on things above so father again a blessing we pray upon each one here and if there are those who would have had a desire to be here and were not able we ask a blessing on them as well Bless the remainder of this service. Be with us and keep us. We ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.